Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 71. Uh, Hunter, drink. What is it? Presumably there's one there. I yes. can't see it in the camera frame, so I'm just going to have to take your word for it. <laughs> you can just wait a second and then you'll see it. This Ooh, is the have drink. you ever been able to see his desk in the camera frame? <laughs> like, yeah, do you want me to change He's, my camera? Just so like, see no, but like, Hunter often like is there like this, basically, when we start. <laughs> that is that is true. That is true. He usually just has his drink in plain view by the time we kick off the podcast. Alice <laughs> is always just accusing people of not drinking during the podcast. It's specifically like, me, is... yes. Yeah, it's yeah. always Hunter. <laughs> Hunter, I mean... <laughs> You'd be the one to not drink, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this beer I absolutely love. Uh, when I cracked into it a couple weeks ago, I mentioned to you guys that it was a seeming like a top five beer all time for me. And uh, that still stands. Unfortunately, I went back to uh, the brewery in Nepenthe, which is down the street from me, uh, and they had stopped selling it. It must have been a fairly limited run thing. It is the Alpaca Ruckus Triple IPA. Uh, very cool can, as per usual, with uh, Nepenthe Brewing zombie stuff. Zombie alpaca on the can, yeah. Yeah, it is a Technicolor nightmare, packed with somehow even more hops than the original alpaca fracas. Hopped and triple dry hopped, with an unhinged amount of citra, incognito, pellets and cryo, galaxy, Nelson Salvin, and Vic secret pellets, mosaic pellets and cryo, and strata, then fermented on Omega's Cosmic Punch, Massive notes of pineapple sorbet, tiki cocktails on the beach, snappy passion fruit, and dank tangerine. I don't know why I said tangerine so weirdly. A full bore pack of horrors that taste screamingly good. Now, if you don't mind, it's time to milk the alpacas. Which is uh, one of the weirder descriptions I've ever read, but uh, the beer is amazing, so I'm not going to knock it too much. I mean, it just sounds like so much. It's yeah. always interesting to me. I'm like, did you need that much to come up with the same flavor that you're getting there? Yeah. Like, could you have gotten that with like half the ingredients and it would have been just as good? But, you know, uh, sometimes there's some like alchemy going on. Yeah, I, I can't say I can't pick out all those flavors, but uh, it definitely has a unique taste. It's a hazy, um, you know, citrusy IPA, but like there's a very unique flavor to it. It almost has like a bite that's different than the usual hoppy bite. And still very refreshing. It has a, it has like one of those aftertastes that like it leaves you wanting more. Like you, you have that aftertaste that's like, man, I need another sip. It, it's it's just really good. One of my favorite beers for sure. Um, Cass, you are muted. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, trying you to are speak. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. are very correct. Uh Chase, what do you what do you got in hand? Yeah, um, so I was just explaining to these guys that I went to a murder mystery party last night, uh, and my character was an Olympic skier, so I was trying to get um, some sort of ski-themed drink for the event, uh, which, of course, I had a handle, of, or not a handle, like a Mickey of Fireball, because that was classic. But mm -hmm. uh, I also picked up these uh, Fernie Brewing Co. Uh, Headwall Hazy Pale Ales, which is named for uh, the mountains uh, over in Fernie. BC. So, uh, it's good. I'd say it's, a. Uh, I actually didn't realize that it was just a pale ale. Like it still has a very hoppy, like IPA taste, which is good because usually when you pick up a pale ale, it just kind of falls flat for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but this one just tastes like a hazy IPA and it's fucking delicious and crisp and very fruity. Um, 
Yeah. Is- yeah, and it's got mountains all over the can, which was like, I don't know, my character was really upset that I couldn't see the mountains from my house. <laughs> so that was fitting. That, that, you that was my backstory. There. So yeah, yeah. I, I needed to theme everything to the mountains. Got Very it. cool. Wasn't, isn't the headwalls, isn't that like a, an area of the mountain in Fernie? I mean, probably. It just says on the can, paying homage to Fernie's iconic backdrop. The citrusy, hazy pale ale is as distinctive as its namesake. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought the headwall was like that. Um, you know that that chairlift to Fernie that like barely ever fucking runs? Yeah, yeah, the one it goes up to like yeah. three bears. That's probably headwall. Yeah, right I there, thought that, that was section. the headwall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's obviously Sorry. not like a mountain range. Like headwall mm-hmm. is not exactly. A, I don't know. It wouldn't be the name of a mountain range. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm actually double fisting at the moment. Um. Your face like screwed into like a disgusting yeah okay uh, basically sour thing about a second ago so okay it wasn't a sour thing it was um I I meant to pour some some sake into a cup and I instead grabbed the bottle of Bacardi oh. but I needed to then get the bottle or I needed to then get the rum out of that cup but I had poured like basically like a double shot into there so i just needed to take that at once so that i could fill the cup up with with uh with sake and then um a bit of limoncello for the the lemony flavor to it so it's sake and limoncello yeah that's nice. drink number one uh and then i also have a rum and coke also. Very oh cool. well why didn't you just pour the rum into the rum and coke because I have one of my whiskey cubes in there, and if I were to dump it out, I thought I'd be dumping the, the whiskey cube into there, and then it would have made a big splash. Yeah, so better to just drink straight Bacardi. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I, I was just like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. Like, I needed to unfuck myself. So, like, I was just like, oh, gonna play <laughs> Sounds like you were kind of fucking yourself either way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just what Cass is into. I'm not going to judge too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going to some Valorant topics here. Presumably, you guys have seen the the bind changes. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, bind okay. is back, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we're starting with here. So, bind is basically back on the menu for, I believe, next act. Yeah, act three. Um, yep. Now, before we get any farther into the actual changes to bind, what do we think's moving out? I hope ascent. Oh no, no! Don't say that, honor. <laughs> I feel like I could see Ascent. Um, I also definitely see Icebox. I mean, it's a discussion that we've had a lot on the podcast before, yeah. and I think that since they've removed Breeze and Bind, like, the next one on the totem pole is Icebox or Fracture. Um, and totem think, pole being people know, who dislike maps, right? Yeah, people who, oh, yeah. who dislike maps um, in general. And so I think that Icebox is probably the next one to go. Um, but if they go with, you know, the older maps, then Ascent would be on that list mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think that Icebox is most likely not going to get removed, seeing as how Heineken sponsored it for the VCT Americas League. Oh, I did see that online, yeah. Did oh, you, Heineken you sponsored chase? Icebox only. Yes, Heineken sponsored Icebox specifically. Oh, wow. That's, well, uh, I did not see that, but that's like a pretty telling thing then right well chase specifically what they did is they made a incredibly rad looking bar in like close to where the games are going to be happening there themed like icebox 
like all the contain like all the tables are like you oh, know orange crates and stuff and like everything is like the you know the snowy kind of look like it, it, it they nailed the aesthetic of the icebox but it's heineken the zero right well it's it's funny it's sponsored by heineken zero but like they serve real beer there it, it was my understanding from seeing it wait, wait why heineken zero well because that's like that's who sponsors everything uh, well, like, so it's, it's like sponsored by Heineken Zero. Like, yeah, when they say they've been promoting Heineken Zero, but the bar they made is not a dry bar, is my understanding from okay. seeing it online. Because I see, like, it must be getting around some sort of advertising. It, maybe it um, is. Th- yeah. Like advertising alcohol thing, and mm. that could be in, like, certain countries or um, specifically Europe. I don't know what the laws are, but I, you see a lot of Heineken Zero ads everywhere. They like sponsor tracks in F1 and they, um, you know, and it's like a way to be like, oh, we're advertising our brand still, but we're not actually actively advertising the beer. Right. Yeah. Right. You see like Heineken zero, but like really you're just seeing Heineken. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty tricky. It, it loophole. Yeah. Um, and, and at the same time advertising Heineken zero. So. Yeah. I, I presumably Heineken zero is just a non-alcoholic Heineken. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. And uh, I've heard that it's pretty good. Mm. Like, it tastes, like, pretty similar to Heineken. So if you like Heineken, then you would like Heineken Zero. Okay, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast. I don't think I have. Um, but way back in the day, Heineken started this rumor that all the workers in the Corona factory pissed into the into the Corona bottles. Um, and... And so, like, you, if you were drinking Corona, you were drinking, like, piss beer. Um, and, like, that really caught on and absolutely tanked Corona's sales. Corona was eventually able to prove that it was Heineken that, that started this, uh, like, the, this rumor. And they sued Heineken, and Heineken had to, like, pay Corona, like, a million dollars. But they're like, we don't give a fuck. Like, that was so successful. Like, we made so much more money off people not buying Corona and buying our stuff instead. Like, the million dollars is, like, nothing. Uh, And it took Corona a really, really long time to recover from that. Yeah, I think you might have mentioned that before, but I didn't remember all the details. That's that's so wild. I just think it's really funny. Also, Chase, I just DM'd you two links. The second one is way better, so you can can be in the know. Okay, I just looked at the first one. It it was the photos of this bar that he was talking about, but they're all, like, renderings. It looks like they're in-game and not actually in person. Wait, Henry, can you send me that, too? Because I haven't seen it either. Oh, yeah. They sponsored Icebox. Well, I I think the second one might be renderings as well, but I believe they're supposed to be Mm. renderings of what the bar will look like. Yeah, but why why isn't the bar... I I think when it was announced, it was coming soon. Okay, I, yeah. I want to see photos of the bar. I mean, the top fucking Reddit comment is, how are they going to make a pub out of the map I hate the most? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. So I guess that, I mean, if we're talking about um, maps being removed, that's kind of like, oh, Icebox is not being removed as long as Heineken is sponsoring that map. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's what Castle said. saying. But it still that. could be. I don't know. Yeah, I the reason I want a scent removed is because I don't know that a scent really needs any significant changes, but I just feel like it's boring. Like I just feel like it's such a solved map at this point. I just never load into a scent and get excited to play or get excited that I've won on a map I usually don't win on. It's just so bland at this point. I just don't want to see it. 
Um, mm. And I've always been an Icebox truther. Since day one, I've enjoyed Icebox when people were, you know, shitting themselves when the map launched over how much they hated it. And I've continued to like it in general since then. So I'm perfectly fine with Icebox. What do we think about Haven leaving? Yeah, I think Haven is up on the chopping block. Haven is, See, my, think... Haven is my favorite map, so I would not be happy about that. But they just introduced uh, the second three-site map. Yeah. It's most similar to Lotus in that way. I would not be surprised if they remove Haven because Lotus is currently in the queue. That That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but like as I think Cass said initially on the podcast when we were giving our first thoughts on Lotus, while it has three sites, it doesn't really play that similarly to Haven. So, and I feel like Haven is probably the best liked map that is still in the game at the moment. I don't know if that's... No, Ascent. There were people online on the Reddit comments saying they wanted Ascent removed as well. My, my, uh... It's it's Icebox and Ascent are the two maps that I'm seeing uh, in terms of getting removed. So I'm not in, I'm not I might be in the minority, but I'm not alone in this take. Um. So yeah, I I feel like Ryan would be reluctant to yank Haven just because it's so loved and very loved by me. We know that Riot listens to the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, it I is would, loved, and I, yeah. I'm indifferent about Ascent. Like, and I think that that's probably a lot of people's take on Ascent is that it is a map that you play Valorant on. <laughs> yeah. It is not, neither good nor bad. I load into a sense, and I think, thank God it's not Pearl. <laughs> I, I think Ascent is, like, is the map. The same way that, like, Nuketown was the map back in Black Ops. Yeah, we get it. We've, we've gone over the yeah. Dust 2 comparison yeah, or whatever. Like, it, is, it is the map. It is the face of Valorant as far as maps go. Well, I don't know. I don't know that Valorant, Valorant wants it to be its face because even though a lot of people, you know, have played Ascent a lot over the years, it doesn't really show off the flashier and more like new strategies of Valorant. So I think Riot's probably happy for you know that not to be the main thing people think about when they think about Valorant. I mean, it is just a well-designed map. Ascent is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I feel like, oh, I feel like I, it's a little bland. I, I feel like... Just because gimmicks... we played it so much? Because I could say the same thing on Haven. Well, I mean, Haven Haven has the thing that's common about only two maps, in common between only two maps, which is the uh, the three sites and just the way the map is laid out. You essentially have very quickly, like, five lanes to get to, well, four and a half to, like, get places that you can all get to very quickly out of spawn from either side and that's just kind of a very unique way of flowing the combat i guess around the map so i, f- I feel like haven is much more different than ascent whereas ascent's like ah you got a mid you got a site on either side and you can break the door if you close it like <laughs> like i just feel like it's not there's nothing wrong with ascent just to be clear uh, or at what least let's just back out yeah <laughs> the yeah, split back. again <laughs> yeah that would be funny I've actually been hating Split less. It still is hilarious how defender-sided it is, but um, and how it's like, oh man, you know, we went we went uh, seven five on defense. Well, we may as well FF. <laughs> but like, so that part's still a little frustrating. But I've had some fun games on Split. I can't wait to be able to play Breach again on Split. Yeah, 
I hope it doesn't get removed after this act, which I don't think it will because it just got no. There's no way the it gets removed. But now. yeah, like I I think that I like it a lot more playing Breach. Not I think I do. Like I've always yeah. liked Split um, because I feel like playing Breach is a lot of fun on the on the map. Um, I'm not loving Phoenix uh, on on the Split, nor am I loving it on the Icebox. So my my stocks on icebox have gone way down this act just because of playing phoenix i fucking hate it yeah i don't like phoenix on icebox either yeah and i was just thinking that technically ascend was a launch map and not a beta map and i don't say te- technically it was a weird word to use there just that's it how is. it was yeah. yeah so if if riot wanted to be hardcore to we're gonna do the oldest maps and then in the case of a tie for the first beta maps we'll go off of the ones that like people liked less then it would be either bind or sorry, it would be either Haven or Ascent. Frick, no, it would be Haven. Well, it would be Haven. <laughs> it would be Haven. Yeah, yeah, it would right, be right. Haven. yeah, it would be Haven. So I'm curious to see if that's what they do. If they're literally just always rotating out the oldest map, or if they decide. But that's to do not what they did different. in this last one because they uh, they, they took out Breeze. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, it's true, but they also wanted to take out two maps. And so, you know, it might be, it might have been better to take out. Yeah, I, I guess it's probably the true that they're not holding to that. But in that case, they were like, they yanked an oldest map and then the map that people hated the most. So, like, they kind of yeah. could have gone double dipped there. Whereas now it looks like they're going to be doing a lot more single dipping because it seems like they're going to be rotating out a map off schedule from when they're putting in a new map so instead of the two when and two they, that oh, we saw i see we're always going to have one for ones is what is what it seems like they might be leading up to yeah but when they take like we're going to lose one map here for bind to come back in and then when, as soon as they drop another map which will probably be at the start of the next episode right one act later then yeah. we're losing another map mm-hmm. right which map yeah so we, we could really think it's probably going to be i mean is it going to be uh, Ascent and Haven, or is it going to be Haven and Icebox? There's kind of three. There's the three options there. Yeah, they could take out Fracture too. Um, but I like Fracture though. I like Fracture a lot. I think the general sentiment is not super high on Fracture. I think people either I love or hate the map. Fracture, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot of people in game hating on Fracture. Yeah, yeah. It's very know. unique, and I think a lot of people just haven't put in the mental energy required to um you know understand how to play the map and a lot of people also get frustrated that they can't just drop from drop with the spike on the site <laughs> so many I people in, in solo so many people in like when i'm solo queuing or just when i'm then the randoms on the team just want to take the spike drop as like you know a non-mobility character agent which makes sense for the person having the spike and it's just like, you know, if you're not split pushing, it's pretty difficult to just brute force your way out of sight from drop and can go catastrophically wrong <laughs> if you lose spike in sight while yeah. that's happening. I, I hate Dish in general. Um, yeah. They've made a lot of changes to Dish, and now I'm fine with taking a duel at Dish, but I'd rather somebody else do it. Cass can go do that because he likes it. <laughs> yeah, I, like um, I, I like the old Dish, man. I bring old Dish back. I think that it's fine. I can get a flash around there on defense and I can push dish aggressively on defense, which I like. Um, but attacking, like no way you'll ever catch me going dish unless our entire team is there and I have to go with them because what the fuck else am I going to do? Um, 
Okay, I man. would rather I would rather attack from any of the three other angles. Mm. Just not yeah. going out of drop. Like drop just fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Chase has a severe fear of heights. Yeah. <laughs> the drop uh, is just like, every triggered. every other entrance I don't have to fall <laughs> to yeah. get onto site. Yeah. If I get the kill, I'm on to site. I don't have to fall into angles. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, I guess the thing with yeah, with playing Jet, I can just smoke and dash out of drop. With Safer, I can drop the cage and get my ass out of drop. I mean, I could flash and drop. Wall. I could wall, whatever. It's still way fucking harder than going through any other entrance on the site. Yeah, but it's also way less contested by the defense on average. For a good reason. You don't need to contest <laughs> it as much. There's usually a person there. And they might fall back. There. They might fall back, and then you get smoked off, and you're like, what am I going to do? Fucking fall out of this smoke into the <laughs> crosshairs of my enemies? Like, yeah. If if I get smoked off on, like, a main, I can wall up, flash through the smoke, and take the fight stairs. You could wall up, flash through the smoke, ball drop out of drop. <laughs> yeah, but by that time, my flash doesn't last very long. Right, like by that time they are unflashed, and I'm just taking a one v one. Yeah, win fair duels. A one v one, but yet in multiple angles. Yeah, that might not be a fair duel. It might be unfair to, <laughs> to chase at that point. I don't know. You just don't have the reaction time out of drop that you do on other entrances to site. Uh, like I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so I, I like that. Definitely, if you're pushing a main, you need to have presence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like because it uh, keeps a crosshair there. That's that's the big deal. Yeah, personally, as both Neon and Yoru, I like going drop because I can as Yoru TP into sight from drop, and as Neon, Neon wall plus sprint. You know, when you can drop, and then if you see someone immediately slide from your sprint, that that's that makes you pretty hard to hit. But obviously, that's not Chase's case. So, like, I, I fully mm-hmm. understand which, where Chase is coming from on that. And like I was saying before, I hate when people try to bring spike drop. It's like. Anywhere else on the map, please. <laughs> just, just, let's, let's not try to get the spike down this way. Yeah, come through, I mean. Yeah, they're just like, yeah. they're, there's just very little rotate potential once you commit to that. And just if, and then if you have like everyone there, I just don't feel like it's a great place to have the whole team push because uh, the angles are so awkward and, uh, you know, the, the choke is so narrow. You're just limited in, in how much benefit you can have from having multiple people there. I see yeah. what you're saying, but, like, I feel like if you've got a plan to get out of drop, like, it works fine. Like, now that being said, you do need that plan to get out of it, but, like... You need very coordinated utility and coordinated angle clearing. And now, like, they did obviously revamp drop itself so that you can drop to that box without actually exposing yourself to certain angles, mm-hmm. um, like, from CT. But still, like, there's a lot of angles that peek into there. Um, and so you would need somebody to either use utility to clear an angle, smoke off an angle, wallet, you know, something like that. Um, and that's difficult, especially if you're trying to get five people through that choke. Yeah. Like the big thing is if you have all five of your team on, you know, the default side of attacker spawn and you, you line up a main, now you have the option to go sand as well as go, uh, straight down the, the hall, but then you should even probably if- to split. 
a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then even if you don't, there's a lot more uh, space down A main. And in particular, you have the potential for someone to be further back holding a peak while other people push on to site. Um, that basically, if I'm on site, I would much rather deal with someone coming drop where it's much easier to utility spam them while they're, you know, right at the top or dropping down and really mess them up versus people charging down main. Like I would rather people be coming down, uh, coming down drop any day if I'm defending. You can trap people dish so easily. You really can. Right. If you know the last couple of people are in dish, like a smoke traps them there. Yeah. And also the, the, the uh, rope and sight crossfire as well is very difficult to deal with. Yeah. Especially if you're just solo queuing at our level. Mm-hmm. And you don't have perfect coordination on what smokes are, are covering where and then where you're flashing. Like, I'm not saying at the pro level it's this difficult, but it, I find it to be very annoying. Especially because you can have the high-low from, like, rope to sand. Exactly, yeah. And then high-low on sight. Mm-hmm. And stairs and CT. And it f- peaks all the way into A main. Yeah. To, like, that box. There's just a lot of angles. I don't know. I feel like if you drop your, like, your the classic brim smokes that, like, split sight. Or, like, cut sight, right? You can get out of that fairly fine. Well, you're still probably right. going to get... Are you? I believe you're still going to have some amount of time being exposed to rope, are you not? Yeah, you would. There's no way. Really? I thought the... Brim smoke's not high enough to cover you to get out of drop and cover you when you drop to sight. And besides, if there if there was a way to do it, if there was a way to be like, okay, this is the caterpillar on the site. Yeah. You're just inviting any sort of AOE utility to be just dumped right in there. You're saying like that's where we're going, spam and chuck your mollies right in here, please. Like yeah, that is yeah, incredibly that. telegraphed. Like I I'm like, yeah, like I'm not I'm not trying to argue against like no, there's no reason to have all five people at dish. Uh, that, that's dumb. It's stupid. I fully agree with that. Yeah. But like, I just think there's no reason to have the spike dish in, in almost any mm-hmm. situation. There could be some rare ones that I'm not thinking of. I just think in general it, it works out. I mean, well. rotates are fine. If, you, if you're confident that you can beat the uh, the enemy team there. Or oh, you're if you're rotating and it, you end up dropping with spike. Yeah, from exactly. Like arca- yeah, you're yeah, rotating sure, sure. With, with spike. And then at least you're able to then be like, okay, well, they're not going to be on site. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's much easier to deal with it that way. Oh, yeah, like, I wasn't okay, referring well, to that they, at all. Yeah. If they made it over here, they're going to be CT or rope. I can deal with those angles. But then yeah. they're not going to be on site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we're getting a little distracted. Yeah, we're getting... <laughs> We're talking about how we like Fracture. Uh, yeah, but a lot of people li- don't because they like don't know fracture. how to play the map. Yeah. Anyway, bind changes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, hold on. Right before we get into that, um, Hunter, do you want to pull up the list of those changes, and then I'm going to have to call for an intermission. My stomach's not too happy with me at the moment. It would it have to do with the Bacardi shots? I cannot confirm. Oh my god! <laughs> no, right. I'm not going to puke if that's what you're asking. All right, intermission. Okay, welcome back from intermission. Um, Hunter, do you want to run us through some of these uh, these changes to bind that are going to be in the game in the somewhat nearish future? Yeah, so to be honest, um, there's really one that's worth talking about with a second as sort of, a, uh, you know, worth noting. 
So we'll get to, we'll get to the exciting one last. We'll say the second one that's worth noting. There are a couple of smaller ones that I didn't think were worth bringing up, but the number two is that there is now a hole in the wall for elbow, so that from B site you can now throw utility into elbow. It's pretty high up in the wall though, so like there's a lot of stuff that just can't get up there. Like Phoenix flashes, no way. Um, it's funny that that's the one you bring up as the being the second most interesting, but I guess you, you are right. Like all that they changed was putting a window in high up yeah. on that wall. Like the only think, thing that's different is they put a window in there and a couple of vents that don't do mm-hmm. anything. But I think it's more useful the other way around rather than getting util into halls, getting util out of halls. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true as well. That's what I was thinking more so is that it's, like you could get a a haunt or a like a, a recon dart or something onto site now from halls, yeah, um, and that could help with your retake, which is probably where this is going to be used the most. Just because this, yeah, as we've discussed, was the hardest ma- like hardest, hardest site, site to, to retake, retake in the yeah. game to take mm-hmm. and retake. Um, yeah, it's just a difficult site maybe not to take but like to re- definitely to retake just because you have such a um small entrance and they widened the door onto site as well yeah at choke point oh yeah right i that, that's one of the things that i thought wasn't as relevant but you know it still is nice um yeah so on to the uh really juicy stuff is that there is a change to where the a teleporter the A showers teleporter comes out instead of coming out way back to where you kind of can, you have a direct line to a short and then you have showers to your right. Now it's right on the other side of the wall from the ultimate orb. So you were like halfway into showers at that point, which I think is absolutely massive because the, obviously the middle teleporter, uh, it was used constantly almost every round on bind. Um, but the, that, uh, peripheral one, uh, is, was not really used all that much at all because it just was so dangerous exiting when you had to worry about taking the duel from short where someone can just be waiting to hear the sound of the doors open to swing. And also then immediately clear to your right in showers. Um, and so now having it much, it'd be much simpler to just take the dual showers and also to your left, I suppose. Um, I think that that uh, teleporter is going to be used a lot more on defense and is going to be um, just slightly more convenient for an offensive rotate as well. So that's the big one. There are a couple other repositions and things like the boxes now look different on on uh, a site, but I wasn't sure how much I wanted to get into those since those are kind of a visual thing. But those are yeah, those tri- are the key triple things. is now quadruple. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess that's just slightly more protection for that other. Um, like the alternate plant, yeah. From showers, I mean, triples kind of still triple. They just rotated one of the double stack boxes to its side. Yeah, yeah. They made it fall over. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There was an earthquake on Bind. Yeah, um, it changed the location of the teleporter. Um, I was just thinking of how this makes that like back area that never gets fucking used even more useless. Like, there's just a lot of space on this map yeah. that just never sees any action ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, being like what the whole like spawn side like all T side yeah all of T spawn and like the I mean you can rotate through the back side but like 
Well, like someone done. might rotate through caves. That does happen occasionally. Yeah, through caves. You're never rotating through like T spawn, like all the way no. back to where you spawn. Like that never happens. No. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Ca- caves like is still rare. And then now you're not even rotating through caves to kind of hold the teleporter angle. Like it's, I don't know. I just feel like it just makes that even more useless. It pushes mm-hmm. everything toward the site, which could be interesting, right? It yeah. basically uh, makes the map smaller in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally think this is a good change because uh, I love the teleporters on Bind. I think they're one of the coolest gimmicks on any map. And uh, they're just super fun to use. And so I think making that teleporter uh, that much more usable is just is just good. It's just an upgrade. It was just very awkward getting out of it in the past. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm just not fully convinced that it's going to get significant more use. Like, I personally would have preferred if they changed the teleporters to be um, both way teleporters. Ooh, hmm, I'm not sure if I'd like that. Well, and then you just like enter onto, like you go through the teleporter and you're just available to all angles. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then they'd probably they'd probably need to have a cooldown so you can't just keep going back and forth. Yeah, I don't know about this one, Cass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I might tossing like a flash are. through the teleporter and then going through. Like I don't know. I I just feel like. The the teleporters are still just a bit lackluster at the moment. I understand why why you like the hunter. I just like mm-hmm. I just feel like they're not impactful enough. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like they're cool. I just don't like even these changes. I don't think they do that much mm-hmm. like, to the location of this teleporter. Like I understand what you're saying about it doesn't. You don't have that sight line to a short anymore. Yeah. But was that really an issue getting out of that teleporter? I think it was oh, just not yeah. used strategically. No, that was an issue when as a defender you pushed out B long and took the teleporter to A. Mm. Well one well, of the because yeah, they could be anywhere, but they could mm. still be anywhere here. They could be to your left. Yeah, one of the one of the big things that I think this enables that uh relates to a YouTube video I was watching this week. Um, I wanted to bring this up later in the podcast, and so I won't get into it fully now, but there's this content creator named Wuhujin who has been heavily referenced on the Valorant subreddit recently because he's just risen to prominence as one of the Valorant gurus who gives legitimately very good advice and is just one of the best like at coaching through VOD reviews and stuff in the community. He talked about how to play Bind at the highest uh, levels, and what he said is basically you need to have exterior control on the map so you want you know one b long one b short one a long one a short and then you want your fifth player to be either showers or b long because if you can control those edges of the map you're just you know set up for success and the fact that now you can have two people play b long and then which is preferred if you know they're going to hit b but then you can have one of them hit the teleporter And then you can have your showers player push up a bit to check to make sure no one's in showers. So at that point, you know, the person in the teleporter just has to clear to the left of them. Now you you immediately pivot into, 
you know, having that strong perimeter control on the other side of the map from the defense, uh, which I, you know, and you can actually feasibly get out, which I think is really cool. I mean, as I'm saying it, I feel like it's, it's gotta make the map, it's gotta make the map a little bit more defender sided, which is maybe a little weird since it already was kind of defender sided. Like that's the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause. It's like, is it, you know, you know, making it more of what it already was, but I, I think there's some neat potential. I still don't think that it'll be used in many more situations than it was currently used. Oh, dude, hundred percent. You know, if if I'm if I'm uh, B long, I hear noise on A, and there's another person, and there's like two other people with me B. I'm hitting that TP, and I'm telling my showers player push up a little, let me know what's there. Because well, I can like yeah, but you could just be teleporting into a five stack. Yeah, I don't have I don't the the cool thing about the teleporters on bind is that like if you don't if you don't open the doors, you know nothing happens. So you you can one of the things that I like doing is you can just cause so much of a headache for the attacking team if you just sit in the teleporter listening understanding what's going on and basically playing a game of chicken with them it's like you know do you want to make sure you have a three-on-one when i come out of this or are you eventually going to leave and make this more favorable to me like it completely puts like uh, it, it really throws a wrench into the plans of the offense like yeah i definitely don't treat the teleporters like i take the teleporter i'm popping out of the door in three seconds like you can take your time just sitting in there chilling. I mean, you can, but I feel like you could do the same thing with the old teleporter. Well, I think, I think the issue with the old teleporter is just that it was so much further back that if, if someone, it was much less of a threat for you being in there because, you know, it's just so dicey going between the, the people from short and then having to immediately flick to your right that it was just incredibly difficult to get out of there unless you have your person from showers push way up through showers. Whereas now your person in showers can just be like in bathroom or whatever, like, you know, right, like not even all the way up to the orb and can be covering an entire half for you where you now have a reasonable cone of aggression of enemies you have to deal with as you're opening the door. And when you combine that with other utility, the chance of you being able to, you know, hit that TP, flash out, get a kill, and then get into showers where you rejoin your other teammate. That's a lot more doable than, you know, whatever it was in the past, I think, but we'll have to see. How yeah. It plays out. I mean, no, when you, when you put it that way, I think that you're, you're right. That this definitely could work for it for that situation is you do have a much better chance of getting out and it not mm -hmm. being like a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it like being in that location, but that depends on your showers player as well, having pushed up and being able to take that space themselves. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that's more, it's going to be a bit more chaotic and wacky if you're just doing this in solo queue and you're just popping through the TP on your, by yourself. You really, to get, the, this, get this kind of max value out of it, you really need coordination. And I mean, like, it's slightly easier than that person having pushed up out of showers for you to take the TP. Well, I, I would say significantly easier just because, you know, if you're holding in showers, like right by the first corner, uh, the one that, you know, you can, you peek and you see the orb on defense, that's a pretty safe position to be in because there's a pretty narrow view in front of you and you can get back to safety. Once you start pushing up into that hallway, like to orb, 
you know, if you start getting shot at, there's no immediate retreat from that. If you don't have some sort of a movement ability, you know, you're caught out in the open there. So, like, I feel like it's, it, it is a significant difference in terms of how secure of a fight it is to take being, you know, significantly further back versus having to push up to orb. But if you have somebody who's in showers. Yeah. Why the fuck do you need a TP over there? Well, I mean, it's, assuming I mean, it's a full If they're pushed back or if they're like held out back showers. Either, either I'm thinking either you've lost, if you've lost someone on A, like Chase was saying, you know, they haven't taken showers yet. Or, you know, it just was a situation of it's a five-man rush, either a split or, or otherwise. And you started with three people on B, on defense bind, which, you know, with this as an, op- an opportunity now, I think is a pretty decent way to, like, default on defense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think uh, that's pretty cool. You, you best believe that when bind comes back into the pool... I'm parking my ass on B long so I can smack that TP if it's I, going I'm in. well aware that you're going to be using the TP all the <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not arguing about that. Yeah. Also, I, I never really had a problem with bind. Now, I people did. So, I don't really like it's hard for me to think of like, oh, this is so much better when I didn't think it was that bad to begin with. I've always been a fan of bind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I liked Bind in general. There there were a couple things about Bind that can be frustrating. Um Namely when your team just can't fucking take sight. Especially uh, if they just insist on going like hookah and jumping out of hookah and dying, which happens with rando teammates sometimes. Wait, Chase, you go hookah all the fucking time. What do you mean? How's that any fucking different from drop? Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I mean, it is different. It's a different site. Different yeah, yeah, but like... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's completely different. I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to jump out to reach site. You fucking go hookah all the time. Did I say I was effective at it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just realizing, Chase, it really sucks that you had to play Phoenix when one of his best maps was, well, at least in my opinion, was out of the pool, which is Bind. You might have to try some Phoenix on Bind after... Uh, this act is up because I, I think he's pretty funny, but I'm probably just going to be playing Bram. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, Hey, yeah, if, mean, like... if one of the, if one of those games happens where you're fragging out uh, and the rest of the team isn't, and you're just frustrated because you, you wish you could have carried that team, carried your team with your, uh, your strengths. And then we queue into bind then maybe you rage lock the Phoenix and uh, frag out a little bit. Yeah, possibly. If I'm really feeling it that day, I'm on it. Yeah. I, I know that you, Hunter really like Phoenix on that map, but I don't think that's one of Phoenix's strongest maps. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it is at the pro level at this point, just because of other options. I think that Phoenix was very strong on on Bind before there were other duelist options and other initiator options, which uh, made him a bit more obsolete. Yeah, it's like I I just prefer. I mean, I, I don't fucking like Raze, so screw Raze, but like. <laughs> Play a jet. Like, all <laughs> all four entryways into sight can be very effectively opt. And there are good smoke and dash locations. Well, Kat, well Chase wasn't sites. wasn't playing a, doing an active insta-locking jet now, was he? Not as his main thing, anyway. Hey, he, he played a jet game and did pretty well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was that was fun to I see. Mean, I yeah, wasn't I in that well, one. I was, was watching. definitely not to do with my utility, and it was on an alt account. <laughs> 
Yeah, but yeah. like, but Pacheco Burr. Maybe it did have something to do with your utility. It didn't. It was my lack of utility, and I was just winning gunfights because the people in the game were worse than me. Like, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Anytime I used utility, I died. <laughs> Funny. So that's why Chase plays Brim. Util spam to I don't have any anymore. Take gunfights. Well, it's just that the util doesn't help me in the gunfight. Yeah, the util, Jet's util often, well, with the massive caveat of her dash, <laughs> does not often well, help and, you in gunfights. And fights. smoke. People like <laughs> smoke to block themselves off if they're about yeah. to lose a gunfight, dash out of there. Like, it I don't have the you... fucking reaction time to think about all those things. Mm-hmm. It helps I'm, you I'm... get out of gunfights or disengage, but yeah. It's why I like initiators too, because I can use my utility to get into the gunfight, mm-hmm. in which case I'm already mm-hmm. favored. Well, here's the thing. Cast does not set an example of this, so you probably didn't know it was possible. But you can actually use Jet's utility to get into fights as well. (laughs) (laughs) And do a similar kind of thing. But you're not favored, necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I need need a second more to, like, plan out and think about my my util of how I'm going to use this to get onto site. Yeah, you don't play brain dead enough. Yeah, you got to no. be a bit brain dead to be a jet player. Yeah, I mean you can smoke and dash. That's still kind of brain dead though. Yeah, but I'm saying like you got to you got to dislike, like you got to do and not think. Yeah, is what I'm trying to get at. I mean, well, you can you can also about, like, pop what out. What button is my shit? My smoke thing? I activate my dash. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Also, this this isn't necessarily oh, viable at the pro level, but you can also just pop your dash, updraft, and or walk out of the smoke. And then the minute you see someone, pick a spot to dash to that gives you a better spot, a better way to engage them. And then the team follows you. Hopefully the person doesn't shoot you immediately. In most cases, they won't. And then bada bing, bada boom, you have sight. I haven't played enough Jet to understand all like the dashing angles or how to dash somewhere. I kind of just dash. That's perfect. And I don't... <laughs> and I did like when I was playing with a shorty just trying to dash into somebody oh yeah oh yeah that one was fun i i find that when i i live a surprising number of time when i dash directly to the side in the open yeah just because i don't track well yeah because people don't track well like similar idea to me maining neon if i dash into someone like i'm 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 dead (laughs) yeah because they don't have to move their crosshair yeah exactly but if i dash across the screen even if I'm just wide out in the open. Um, I, an- another thing that not a... I, I don't know how well-known this is, but, like, you actually pull your gun f- out faster if you just throw a smoke. Interesting. Um, the same thing, like, if you're going from, like, knife out to wanting to get your, your gun back out as jet, it's faster to just throw a smoke, and your gun just comes out. Is it, like, instant? That the gun comes out? It's not, like, literally instant, but it's better than you having to switch back to the gun and cocking it. Is it, like, a set time for that's the same for every gun, or is it, like, a percentage of each gun's equip time? Like, is, is equipping an op after smoking the same as equipping a phantom? I'm assuming it's a percentage, right? Yeah. Well, I think you just skip... Like, with the op, you would skip the cycle bolt animation. Oh, it would just be, like, the raising or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, like, it's just the raising of your gun instead of... 
the re-equip. Interesting. Huh. That's some new I, jet I, I tech. I don't know how well yeah, I don't know how well known that is, but like definitely bailed me out a couple times. Like you just throw a smoke randomly into the air and then your gun's out faster? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> or if like if I'm rotating and I'm knife out and somebody catches me off guard, just chuck a smoke at them. Guns back out, I can try to spam them down. I mean the cool thing yeah, about jet smokes is because they go away so quickly, there it's pretty it's pretty difficult to throw a jet smoke that's just horrible, that just like ruins things for you. <laughs> like it, it, since you're the one who threw it, you can play around it and then it's gone in a couple seconds. You just one way yourself for the I, next I have, three seconds or whatever. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well before. I guess that's the probably the biggest way you can screw yourself. I've I've accidentally one wayed myself as cipher before too. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, I've game. seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Oh no, Cass, what are you doing?" You're well, just seeing like, their feet like a little too late because you could barely see them. But yeah. it's like I, I, I had placed that cage there, anticipating that I'd be playing farther back on site, but I got pushed out of that area and needed yeah. to aggress towards them, and therefore, that I, I, I should have most likely just not popped the cage. And I should have just taken the duel as is. But you pop the cage thing, you know, like they're coming anyway. on the site, uh, have a one-way setup, but mm-hmm. then it ended up one-waying one way yourself because you were closer to the cage than they were. Well, I, I bonded, or like, it, it worked properly as a one-way for a couple of the people. Did you say you blinded someone? Like, no, yeah, but like, well, I blocked the line of sight. Oh. Effectively, okay. of a couple of people who were like, very close slash in the cage. It's just they had somebody who was farther back in a main who was able to see me and I couldn't see them. Yeah. So yeah. it worked as intended for some of the people on their push. It's just I wasn't playing far back enough for it to work on everybody on their push. Now, Cass, it seems like you may be segueing us very nicely into an update on how we're all doing with the big challenge of this act because we didn't talk about it at all last week. It's uh fully underway at this point. I feel like we've uh, you know, we're not uh. I've played a, a fucking lot of Phoenix, man. <laughs> you what? I've played a lot of Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are, what are your thoughts, Chase? Uh, you know, it it sounds like from things that you've told me that you're planning on maining Phoenix long after this act ends, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not locking Phoenix. <laughs> um, yeah. I was saying. I mean, except on Pearl, I don't. That was probably in podcast. I don't know. Um, no, I think that was before we started. Was that before podcast? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Uh, I think I, I think Pearl might be the only one that I still think of uh, of locking a Phoenix on, just because I really don't like Pearl, and I've been having pretty good success as the Phoenix. So yeah. um, that could be something if I don't have to fill smokes, because I was having some okay success with Brim too at the end of last act. Um. But still, it was just a dog shit map for me. So I think I've, I've definitely had better success as the Phoenix. But mm-hmm. there are so many maps where I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, I wish I was <laughs> yeah. not playing the Phoenix. And those are specifically Split and uh, and Icebox. Which is funny because those are my two non-Brim maps. Soba um, and... Those Soba are my and so- Breach, Soba right? and Breach. Um, so... I just really like, like, there's a reason I didn't switch to, to Bram on all the maps, mm-hmm. it seems. And I really like playing Sova on Icebox and Breach on Split. And then 
the Phoenix just does not go well for me on either of those maps. Yeah, like Phoenix isn't. I, I like I can kind of see on split, and like I get what you're saying in general is like there's a reason why you pick those other two agents. There's a reason um, why they were holdouts when I basically swapped every map to being a brim map for me. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why those are holdouts, and it's because I really like playing in a certain way on those maps with the character that I choose. Mm-hmm. And that no. is completely different than um than Phoenix. So Yeah, no, like, I fully understand like your argument with that. It, I just think that like Phoenix is actually fairly solid on Icebox. Specifically with a site. I feel like a lot of Phoenix utility works well for A site. Maybe. It just doesn't clear out a lot. Like I usually like to Molly like a back angle and then flash in and, and go, but like mo- I can Molly like an angle back site, but there are like thirty places they can be. Um Yeah, but your Molly's your Molly exists to heal you. Not not to stop the other team from pushing somewhere, Chase. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it is. It. I do use it to heal me a lot. <laughs> but when I'm execing onto site, as you know, my job is not to get kills necessarily. Of course, it's always to get kills. But um, my job is to take the space. Yeah. And the, flash. Flash. Take a duel. Win the duel. Heal yourself back up. That's, Take another that's, two duels, that's back up again. That's slow and not effective. The best way to do it is molly off an angle, like back, where somebody could be hiding. Right? I would throw the molly like into backsight. Mm-hmm. Wall up, flash in an angle, take that peak, and then push forward with, with another flash. Right? That is what I found to be the most effective mm-hmm. way to, to exec onto a site. If I'm yeah. going to just dump all of my utility and expect to die eventually. Yeah, as, as I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing that I think one of the limitations on the Phoenix Flashes on Icebox, especially if you look at A site, is because there's so much, there's so many different angles and so much, uh, it's it's very not open, it's very closed in sight. It's, um, there's so much cover to not be blinded by the Flash. Exactly, yeah. And the fact that, you know, the Phoenix Flash is the most limited in terms of how far you can throw it from a from its, its very limited path. Like, I'm thinking about, like, if you look at Haven, which is obviously a solid Phoenix map, and if you flash out of A short on attack as Phoenix, you're blinding Heaven, CT, and, like, anyone playing by the boxes on site in PTQ at the time. Whereas, like, any angle you flash going into A site Icebox, there are just so many, like, common places people could be that you're not clearing at all with that flash. So, like, I I see what Chase is saying as I'm thinking about it. Okay, hold on. I, I I've got a I've got a particular idea in mind. Um, the stats I, back me up here, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not arguing against that. I, I've just got a I've just got an idea in mind, and I'm gonna I I am gonna stream the the site of the map just for your sake, but I will do a very good job of trying to lay out the callouts. Um. All right, turn your own horn a little yeah. bit there, Cass. Uh. Okay. So. I think the idea here would be as Phoenix, instead of trying to, to use like what Hunter's saying of like, use your flashes to like in an open area to, to clear out um, a lot of like a lot of different sight lines or places that people could be all at the same time. I was thinking if I was thinking if you use them more purposefully to clear, to clear out one 
area that you will be potentially immediately taking a gunfight in. So I think the idea would be you you route towards elbow, right? And before you do that, you flash elbow, peak elbow. Nobody's there? Great. Keep pushing up. You wall off A screens, and then you push towards around the 410 area in front of A site where the jump up is to nest. Then you can take the duel as you do that because you've walled off like screens and, and backside. I'd say you kind of curve your wall so that it cuts off both screens and the area towards rafters. Um, you can take a fight with anybody who's hiding like backside A proper, like behind server or behind the green box or whatever. And then as you push up there, once you've cleared out that backside A area, you can flash around towards A rafters or behind nest. So, so far I've used three flashes. No, just two. You flash yourself <laughs> into elbow. You, I, you take, I take I take my wall. I use my wall to you get. You use your wall to get into four ten area, and you take that gunfight raw. Hopefully, okay, this first assumes that I can get to elbow without needing a flash to get um, below pipes, because I'm currently completely exposed to all of uh, that backside area when I'm going up to elbow. Presumably, you've got teammates who can hold that for you. Yeah, that's a big presumption there, Mr. Cash. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm first on, right? So yeah, you're first on, but that doesn't mean that your teammate can't be sitting nest holding backside for you. Or that you can't have a teammate on belt holding backside for you. And usually there will be someone belt when you're pushing up towards underneath pipes. Also, if I'm trying to get out of elbow, yeah, like from that first ga- engagement and I'm yeah. do- using that wall, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have to do an aggressive curve to block off rafters too. And as we know, Chase um, never curves his wall. So that's, that's well, kind of a non right since there. we talked about it. On <laughs> okay, the podcast, okay, good. You, you can just, um, you can just curve it right into the base of, um, of defender's nest. You can just curve across so that it cuts off screen to, to right there. That's a more difficult angle than I think you're thinking. Cause I'd have to, I'd have to push through my own wall if I'm going to throw it from behind cover and curve it like that. Hmm. Maybe. Could you not? Because it's going to make too much of a C. Could you not basically. hug the wall? Could you not hug the wall when you throw it from behind cover? Like, hug all of the wall of the That might be the, then... the best shot, but I don't think it's a wide enough angle. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm thinking right. we Maybe. may want to... have to lab it, but... I'm thinking we want to wrap this up, just because of the very yeah, visual yeah. Okay. aspect of our <laughs> audio podcast. <laughs> I, I was just thinking that, like, I... Okay, so basically to... Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, to put this into less <laughs> Never happened before. terms, I was thinking, like... If you set your routing to be going elbow, wall off screens and rafters, move to 410, and then flashback site after you've taken that area, I think that could work out pretty well. I mean, possibly. Like, there, there's just a lot of angles there, and it's not a very good site where my flashes clear a lot, as Hunter was saying. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I guess speaking I was of... to say, take the idea, yeah. instead of, like, trying to clear a lot with a given flash... Try to very intentionally clear one angle that you want to be taking with that flash. Well, yeah, obviously, but the the problem is there are other angles that can then peek me. Because mm-hmm. Phoenix Flash is always going to be good at, there's someone around the corner, let me flash them, because it's just really good at that specific thing. It's but just probably really good is, at paw flashing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. issue is the other stuff that it doesn't do on Icebox. Um, and speaking of which, I mean, Jace... Jace was not lying. He said the stats bear out his uh, not like Xbox. But I have Jace, not won a game. Zero and Xbox. six on Icebox this act. 
Yes, and zero and six. Before I go throwing stones, I am better by the slimmest of margins. I am one and six on Icebox on this over. Oh, so you can throw stones. I, I Not really. <laughs> well, no, that one game was a solo queue. The other six were with me. I haven't solo queued once on Sova, so definitely not. It was queuing with someone else, probably with Cats. Aha, motherfuckers, I'm two and five on Icebox. But on which account, though? Because you've been you've been bouncing back and forth like a bunny rabbit. No, he's only played on his halt. Yeah, I've pretty much only played played, on his He's played on his main a little bit. Uh, Let me go. I'll I'll, I'll go track my main. I'll go track my main. But also, Um, like, I don't have good win rates at all this act. It's bad. Oh, I haven't played Icebox on my main. I see, I see. Oh, well, oh, well. Touche, Cass, touche. I'm also minus 38 uh, damage delta. Oh, that's rough. On Icebox? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Chase, Chase is maybe potentially only picking the Phoenix on Pearl, is what you're saying. Yeah, but then Pearl's not that much better for me, let's be honest here. <laughs> Looking at the stats, I'm 3-5. and five. <laughs> I only so, have a positive damage dealt on one map, and it's Ascent. So maybe you're a Phoenix main on Lotus and Ascent. Maybe that's what I'm seeing here. Maybe, but I was having some fucking success with the Brim on Lotus, so... Mm. I just really like Lotus. I just have success on that map. Yeah, yeah, Cass has been a little more hesitant. Me and Chase have been on the Lotus hype train since day one. Yeah, I yeah, love Lotus. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that map. That being said, the only one that I have a negative... Delta damage percentage on is Pearl as the cipher. Every other map I'm positive. I'm always negative. How am I so fucking negative? I have I have positive on split Pearl and Icebox and the rest negative. It, mm. it kills forehead. Um but uh sorry, it's just I guess garbage time. Sorry, I forgot about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get three kills after a Vanker case site and they yeah. all <laughs> fucking last alive um but yeah uh well hunter i i think i've got the more nuanced take here so what's what's your your opinion you you ever gonna be picking sova after this um i really don't think so i i was i was thinking about it the other day and i was like oh well you know i could potentially fill sova if needed and i think i would rather learn sky then play Sova, even though now I have Sova experience. And that's all if I exclude from the equation Gecko, who obviously is not nearly a one-for-one with uh, Sova, but who has some amount of info gathering. And I think I would just enjoy way more. We'll have to see once I finally get to try him in some games. Uh, but yeah, I can't imagine myself playing much Sova at all after this. I just don't enjoy it very much. I was I was telling uh, our buddy Alex uh, that often what I've been doing in the over the past like week and a half or so is I'll just kind of keep the Discord up looking to see if anyone pings me where normally I would ping everyone to play Valorant or sometimes I'll even just hop in chat and then not ping anyone being like I really don't I don't really, really don't want to play Valorant right now because I have to play Sova, but like if other people hop on, I'll play. Like just being very apathetic about playing Valorant at all because I have to play Sova. So yeah, it's I've still been enjoying it as a challenge, but yeah, get me out. That's that's, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I I might actually end up picking up Cipher, not as a 
not yeah. as like I would main him over Jet on any given map, but potentially if it fits the team comp better on certain maps. That's the first I've heard you say that, Cass. That's surprising. Yeah, me a that bit. is a um, massive improvement over your, yeah. your sentiment on Cipher in the last yeah. couple of weeks. So yeah. it's on on Pearl. Fuck that, because I think you like unless somebody else just insta locks Jet when we get into the lobby, but like. Just that that off for B long is just too good to not have. And Cypher's Behold is subpar. Um So I would most likely just insta lock jet on Pearl. But like on some of the other maps, like I mean my best map currently is Ascent as Cypher. But I yeah. fucking love playing Jet on Ascent. Yeah, I will say, Cass, you know, for a while before this, you were doing, like, Jet, and then if not Jet, Chamber, but, you know, once Chamber was nerfed into the ground, that was pretty rough when you had to go back to the mm -hmm. Chamber, so, you know, having Cypher as a viable number two for you could work out really well. Yeah. And Team like, comp-wise, for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. Split would be the most likely candidate here. You're you're enjoying the, the Cypher on Split? No, it's always just, been good on split. Though. Yeah, it's just it's a fucking nightmare to push into B site when Cypher's set up there. This is true. Yes, that is a yeah. Imagine your Cypher and my breach on defense. Oh on my split. god, good lord! <laughs> I would just have to be. I would just have to be mediocre. I just have to be mediocre, and we'd win a bunch of games with that. No, no, no. You would just have to lock the fuck out of mid. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, I I, I do that. I end up doing that anyway because no one else wants to. So yeah, I end up playing mid. And like, I have, I I have somewhat more mixed opinions, like specifically offing on on split, um, in that there, it, it it's not as like it's significantly more likely that I get forced off by utility on split more so than other maps with an off at the stronger off angles. Um, because they're more predictable and like clear, like this is the angle. Yeah, or or just in the context of like the, I, I guess the only duel that's like really, really in your favor, and actually after the change to A main, that's not even the case. Um, but it used to be that if you went super aggro A main, like lower A main on split with an off, um, they had to swing into the same angle that you that you had to swing into. And so with an op, if you're ready for it, you got a pretty good shot of getting one. But now that there's the now that there's the high low fifty. Yeah. Like Yeah. And also they changed the angle. So like you could be sitting way back in like behind where the barrier drops and and still very effectively take that duel. Um I used to be able to I used to be able to swing very close uh with an op and take the duel on anybody who was holding back or playing more passively um there but now with the now with the high low 50 50 on on a main uh that's significantly more difficult because i'm more likely to get pushed down or rushed down um ramps same problem there's the high low 50 50 um b i fucking love swinging b site right off barrier drop but like anybody could be sitting in that corner with the crosshair trained on where you're going to be swinging. Um, 
And it's a bit riskier to pre-prime my dash for that, too. Yeah. Because if, if they're not B, then I've just wasted arguably the most important part of my kit. Um, and then any of the more passive ones, like if you're going to opt down mid, that very often gets smoked out and or just people flash into mid. Um, screens very often get smoked. A back heaven on a site is still a very solid place to play with an op. Uh, but like, I, I I don't know. It's just like the op angles aren't anywhere near as strong on that map as I find that they are on others. So I could see myself if, if the team comp requires it, because somebody's going to be playing some other duelist, um, playing Cypher on that map. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, that's just crazy to hear. Um, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we still have three weeks to go in this challenge. Um, oh, yeah. Just just over three weeks or something like that at this point. Um, but, like, the change in the last week, I feel like, is kind of immense there to think that, <laughs> that you're saying, I will maybe pick up a cipher on... Yeah. Like, from, fuck this character, I never want to see this character yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is where you were like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing that, that happened, you know, probably like a week before that, a massive change is Cass is using so many guns now that he never would touch before. I'm so proud of him. Shotguns, the stinger, he was already picking up a little bit. Uh, what, what else is it? There's another gun that I was surprised I mean, by. we'll talk about this extensively, I'm sure, on the podcast where we finish the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Right? But it seems like at this point that it's kind of working for Cass. Yeah, he's really yeah. doing a lot of different things. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to change the manner in which I play Jet. I guess so, that is the end The end That thing, was right? the end goal. Well, it is and in a I, way, but I will say if you end up just playing Cypher sometimes, that's also that a pretty cool That was also a difference. big thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? We also wanted it to not be a, oh, like, Jet got insta-locked, let's fucking dodge. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They should really just buff Chamber again. No, no, Cass, stop. Your your head is in a good place now. Don't go down that path again. You've broken up with Chamber now. Don't don't be thinking about them. Don't be calling them at 3 a.m. You up? <laughs> yeah, that's what Cass is talking about right now. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You, you buffed? Make <laughs> 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 Chamber great again. Yeah, that's, that's no, make chamber decent uh, or uh, like a niche pick again, maybe. Yeah, yeah, niche pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. no better than Yoru tops. That that's my limit yeah. for chamber. Whoa, 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 whoa! That's <laughs> that's so pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't want to see chamber very much. I only want to see Forsaken picking up the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did he God. do that recently? No. But okay, I'm just that, saying, that like, sounds like in something the same he would way do. that Yoru and like, yeah. like you know, random niche picks that fucking only PRX is gonna do. Also, they fucking lost a secret. Yeah, PRX has uh, been on a bit of a slide ever since then. Really, uh, really close games. Taken. It seemed like maybe not yeah. map one, but map two and three were very close. Um, and Secret ended up taking it. But that's I, I know Secret was looking very good, especially like at lock in and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was I was surprised that uh, PRX lost to them. Yeah, ever since, I, what was it, Masters 2 Copenhagen, it just seems like, unfortunately, PRX has just not been able to adapt 
now that Sorry, the cat's Compen out of the bag. Copenhagen? Yeah, is, is that the opposite of Copenhagen? <laughs> it's you say it Copenhagen, right? No. I mean, I say Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Oh, okay, yeah. Copenhagen. But like I'm that, sorry. like that's not to say that that's. I, I have no idea how it's said in whatever oh, the okay. fucking language is that yeah. it is spoken. No, I'm it could be more away similar to Copenhagen. Correct. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Um. But ever since whatever the heck that was that they were stunning the world, it just seems like they have not been able to adjust to people figuring out their unique strategies and you know reel split themselves in the come up with new stuff what'd you say split is out of the pool and jing goes fucking nuts on split yeah yeah um and you know and prx is staring down the barrel of the fact that i don't remember if it's in six months if it's a full year that jing is about to have to leave the squad due to mandatory military service in his country which is really a bummer since he is by far their best player um yeah so they have they have a very they're, they're like a you know an nfl team or i'm sure it happens in other sports as well where you have a window to win championships before the team starts falling apart and prx has that in a way that few other teams have because of jing leaving imminently for non-valorant performance reasons i think there's a few professional players that have like mandatory military service coming up um and i know that in certain countries yeah um, it's possible to like basically delay that for like a really, really long time, but it's up to the player themselves, obviously, whether or not they want to go do that now or be like, oh, I'll deal with that in five years. Yeah. The um, last I heard is a couple months ago is that BTS, the band members of in South Korea, were going to have to do their military service after delaying it a bunch. Yeah. I mean, eventually you have to, right? So yeah. Which I saw was going to lose them like three billion dollars in revenue a year like in tax revenue for the south korea because bts is so huge well because they make so insane. much money which means that they then are exactly. taxing that them right, and right. their concerts and whatever else yeah, yeah someone calculated the government is losing three billion dollars by them being in the military instead of performing which yeah. is kind of wild I'm to think i'm surprised the government doesn't give more exceptions to that like well they can't well, well, here's, here's the thing. Can. Here's the thing, Cass. I think I think it's mainly a cultural difference because, like, here in the U.S., like individualism, well, and and Canada to an extent. In North America, like, you know, individualism and expression is like very highly valued over you know your loyalty to the collective uh, unit. Whereas I think in in South Korea and some of those other countries, the idea of being a part of the team of the country is just so highly valued that the idea is you don't get to be above that just by being famous and successful. Everyone has to play their part when it comes to the And you goes. and you believe that personally yeah. too, right? It's not it's like a oh yes, I do want to go and and serve my country for these 2 years or however long the mandatory military service is. Mm -hmm. Like do I personally believe in that? No, but also we've grew up in completely different societies and value different things. So Right, right. I don't know, but, like, I, I remember looking into this, like, a fair amount when I was debating getting my South Korean passport to play in the Olympics for hockey when it was there. What? Um, you were you were going to try to play in the Olympics? I'm so confused. Basically, South Korea has no one that plays hockey. Yeah. And so, like... But they got an automatic bid into the hockey tournament because they were the host country for the Winter Olympics. Oh, so you're going to try to <laughs> form a team? Well, but he was no, going to try to try out. I was going to. I was going to try out for the team. No I way! Feel like I had a really good chance of making it. I know several people that I grew up playing with who were on 
the the team for the Olympics. Like they traveled over um, there just to be on the team. Like they obviously didn't live in South Korea for most of the time. Yeah, no, no, and like they, but like they already had Korean passports and were going to need to do the mandatory mandatory military service anyway. Whereas oh, I, so if you I, got a passport, you'd have to do the yeah, mandatory military. I, service? I am eligible for a South Korean passport, but I've yeah. never taken it because I don't want to do the military service interesting um, i had no idea that's how it works okay so at any rate i was looking into that and one of the things that they stated is like if, if you win a gold medal at the olympics you are excused from your military service um now it's fucking hockey and it's south korea they're not winning shit <laughs> especially if Cass is on the team <laughs> like if Dude, Cass can make it to the team and has a good exactly. shot they're not winning gold like yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be staring down fucking NHLers trying to play defense against them when yeah. I got some dude who's 6'5", 230, barreling down at me. Um, it's not going to end well, but... It would be epic. Yeah, it would have been cool. And, like, part of me wishes that, like, I, I, I did do it. But then, on the other hand, fuck military service. <laughs> You'd be um, in the military, yeah. Okay, but regardless of that, the whole point here is the government does have manners of excusing you from military service. Like sure, there is yeah, a but they can't just hand that out to fucking every person who's gotten some bit of success. But you generate three billion dollars worth of tax revenue for our country. Oh, so we're not even say, we're not even on like Jing or Valorant. No, 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 no. Like, like, yes. I'm just, okay. I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. Like, I feel like you could argue that hey, yeah. we're providing more to our country by not joining the military. Hey man, the only the only BTS I care about is Beyond the Summit. <laughs> the only BTS I care about is behind the scenes. Of whatever I'm interested uh, in. Porno videos or <laughs> no, I just was you know, that's just what I think of when I think of BTS. Yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, well, man, we we've got, we're on, we're going off topic so much on this podcast, even more than usual, and that's yeah. saying something. So what were we talking about? We were talking about our experiences with our agents. Yeah, no, yeah, no, then no, I got no. us off on, on Yeah, yeah, fucking... we, we'd kind of been talking about the pro scene there a little I was bit. Tr- I was trying yeah. to transition a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, someone had some sort of topic with the pro scene, but I don't know if we're actually going to talk about that, so... Go One of the things that I will say about the, about, like, the, the current pro scene with the, um, the Pacific League, the MEA League, and then the Americas League is they've been significantly closer than I thought it was going to be. I'm like this is games this was in a, general. Yeah, this was really shown with the EMEA league. Um, that like it kind of seemed like there were going to be a couple teams that were just going to steamroll, and then there was going to be a huge divide, and then there was just going to be the rest of the teams. And that very much seems to not be the case. Like they've all been somewhat close games. I mean, I would like to just point out breaking news. Uh, Cloud9 O2 on EG. 2 you mean? Same thing. Well, Not no. very different yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking different thing. <laughs> I said Cloud9 first, and it was the big news. Ah, you, you got the picture. Cloud9 O2 against EG. That could be seem like, oh, it's a big upset. Cloud9. No, Cloud9 2-0'd EG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying, they, wow. they hold quite literally opposite meanings. See that—that's yeah. wild because that game was happening live as we were starting the podcast, and EG had a pretty commanding lead, and then everything has changed since then. 
Yeah. And I mean, very surprising for Cloud9 to bring in these two new players and claim themselves to not really be ready to compete. And then 2-0 in their first um, first game against a pretty formidable opponent. Yeah, very embarrassing oh, they, for EG, honestly. They, they said they were really close. And that was, I, I don't know, that was a couple, that was a couple of days ago on, on Twitter. Uh, they came out and they said like, hey, like, we're not, we're not quite ready, but like, we think we're really close. Like, we think we're going to be, you think we're going to be solid in the league. And oh, I think shoot. the, I, I think the anticipation was that like, at least, I think the collective understanding of that tweet was like, hey, we might come out a little bit flat week one, but we think that we're going to be solid going forward. But it seems like at least they were solid enough week one to to two OEG, both both yeah. close games. But like, yeah, a two O is a two O. Oh, and man, tomorrow we have Leviathan versus NRG. Ooh, oh, that's gonna, gonna be, be a, a banging banger, banger yeah. game. Banger game. Excited Speaking for that one. As a as a Sentinels fan, I was uh, going through the schedule. I'm like, fuck, they got a brutal schedule. Doesn't everyone play up, everyone? Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, plays everyone, like, but like but they the go, starting is fucked. Yeah, they oh. go uh they went 100 thieves, NRG, Leviathan, loud. Oh god, yeah, that's a, that's like, pretty rough. That's a brutal. They literally got all their hardest games in the first half, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Which, obviously you're you're thinking, "Oh, we will have more time to play as a team and get better as the season progresses." Mm-hmm. Um and so having every hardest match immediately kind of sucks yeah well sentinels are really going i mean the start, now. starting off all right though i gotta say yeah. so but unfortunately argue, yes but i would say that 100 thieves is probably the weakest out of those four opponents you think so i think 100 thieves mm. just because of their performance at lock-in are you saying that because I mean, everybody yeah. was thinking that 100 Thieves was going to be one of the best teams in the America's League. Okay, yeah, well, here's the thing. I wanted to disagree with that cast, but I was looking at it, and I think the only question is, is Leviathan or 100 Thieves better? Because I think both Energy and Loud are clearly better. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm not really disagreeing with what you're saying after considering. And in general, I'm pretty high on Leviathan. So am I. I. Leviathan's team is yeah. pretty sick. Yeah, they're sick. Yeah. They also have probably the hypest round of Valorant ever. Yes. Oh, the that's the spike round where they yeah, had to, yeah, yeah, yeah. blast pack <laughs> into heaven. <laughs> I immediately knew what you meant. Yeah. Grab the spike. That's out the of spike. I do. Yeah. to fall damage getting out of right. Heaven, like, just to deliver the spike to his team would a banger around. That was upsetting Exet, right? Wasn't it? Didn't. I don't know if you can call it an upset, but they beat Exet on the map. I think. Well, they beat them in that round. I, I'm actually not sure how that whole... You know, I think they beat them in that round and then eliminated Xset by winning that map. Mm, if I remember maybe. correctly. We can we can scroll back and hopefully find it. It might take a while. Anyway, let's, let's keep going. I think so. Yes, they did. They they did eliminate Xset. That was the, the elimination game. Glad yeah, the memory was it correct. Was the elimination game. Um, yep. Hey, I'm the I'm the I'm the explain guy for a reason. What can I say? Yes. This is when we need Tony on the podcast because he just can spit off fucking VCT facts like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm very excited to have Tony back on the podcast once we finish the challenge because 
he's all he's a blast to have on here yeah, yeah. of course and tony's actually getting back from mexico today in a couple hours mm, no way but, i hope um, he brought margaritas <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm in the i i know this is a definitely on the shorter end but that's kind of all i got unless you guys got anything um i got you know i have a couple short topics here and i might just run through them real quick and see if what you guys have to say and then if one of these goes longer we'll just call it one topic we'll, we'll just stop at whatever topic that is and end the podcast okay. With it. okay so first of all um it's been a minute since i've gotten an account to comp but as i don't know if i've discussed it on podcast yet but i've had a secret account that i've been working on this act as well for my own hidden challenge which just to be clear i'm not i've never told Cass and chase no, I don't want to play Valorant with you because I'm playing on my own secret account. I've always, you know, queued for games when available. And I have very little interest in solo queuing uh, Sova. So it's not really detracting from the current challenge. It's really the time that I would spend on other games or solo queuing Valorant. I'm devoting to this secret account. And I had to get it to comp. Zero progress. Account level zero. And uh, I had grinded a bunch of Swift plays for it because I found out that the two like bonuses you get, you get a big bonus for your first win of the day, which is like, is like 10 times the amount of like account level uh, points you would get from just like finishing a swift play. So that's, so that's the significant thing. And then you get like a third of the value of finishing a swift play for winning it. But that value is actually the same for a win in any game mode, spike rush, death match. You uh, get the 2000 XP no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, or on well, well, oh, well. Just to be clear, the two thousand or whatever that number starts at five thousand and goes down, and that's your first win of the day bonus. Which you're correct does apply to winning any game mode, but you also get like a one hundred or like one fifty bonus for like every win you get at any game okay. mode, and it doesn't scale based on game mode. Which means that, in my opinion, the most efficient way then to level XP, sorry, level account level is to grind swift play because you could do spike rush it's faster if you could guarantee that you'd win them but they're so random with how they go that it's very difficult to like win spike rushes with skill whereas if you're playing well in swift play you can win them and which i did and i just wanted to report that it took around eight and a half hours of grinding swift play which seems to be the optimal way to go to get from level zero to comp which i thought was interesting because i hadn't necessarily thought for a long time about how much time investment it would take to get to comp that's a lot of swift plays but really like eight and a half hours is not a ton of time it isn't it isn't yeah i, I don't i, I mean, don't especially think if you're like if you're doing a new account like that's enough time to be like okay maybe now i'm ready for comp or like i could try a comp game like i yeah. think that before you bringing up these stats like i was thinking oh level 20 is kind of like a massive barrier to get to especially yeah. since like w on my alt like i was playing games and just getting nowhere yeah you yeah, know um, it takes a long time like to trying level. to get that to 20 um yeah the uh, to break it down it was 18 death matches and 37 swift plays to get to 20 yeah yeah to get to for to, to make up those like eight and a half hours to get to level 20 yeah and was that your was that your challenge the challenge no, the was challenge not to get to comp. No, I haven't okay. revealed the challenge yet. Yeah, that will be revealed after the challenge. The I, thought yeah. he, I thought he might be going into that, but no, I was like, no, no, no. I just no wanted way. to report that. Over. No, no, that would be yeah. very weird to just spoil it right now. Um, I've been trying to guess what he is doing yeah. on this alt just randomly, and I could have guessed it already because he does. He yeah. gives me nothing. 
no oh no i i just know that it'd be very easy for me to give too much so yeah, I, yeah. i'm not giving anything i i have an idea interesting see the funny but... thing is it's technically possible for you to find either of you to find my account on tracker however it would be incredibly difficult that's that's i guess a hint that i could give you guys yeah, I'm not gonna bother trying to. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'd be worth it. Yeah, we're, we're both the kind of people that would rather have the surprise of you tell us at the end than yeah, yeah. try to ruin it ourselves. Yeah, but when once you get to the point where you're going to reveal what it is, let me know, and then I will, I will provide my idea. Yeah, on yeah. What I think it is that you're doing. Okay, we'll, we'll okay. wait until you're ready to reveal it. it it's going to be yeah. the podcast, like after the act, the same one where we like analyze how our, you know, how our act went. It's it's going to be that podcast, okay. um, and we'll discuss this as well. And I have yes. a couple of ideas, or I'll think about them. Obviously, I've thrown out fucking every idea in the book. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to confirm it. Like, hey, yeah. is it this? Uh, and he hasn't confirmed anything. But I'll think yeah. about like what actual ones I think. Uh, yeah, I think are possible. Yeah. yeah. So that's all, that's all for that topic. The next one is I was watching, fuck, what game was it? A game last week, one where a team came back and won. Oh yeah, yeah, it was the uh, the guard versus M eighty, uh, where the guard was up and then there was a tech pause and then M eighty came back and won. And I was thinking about just how often there are tech pauses in Valorant games. Now, I can't confirm, like, if they have things set up very differently, such that the server infrastructure for the custom big games that they're doing is way worse. But I, I, thinking about all the times we've played together and something has happened with the Valorant server that is outside of our control, it's not an issue with our setup, legitimately the server has a problem, it is so incredibly rare. And I was just thinking of an idea which I've had before, which is that I bet... Two-thirds minimum of all the tech pauses ever called in professional Valorant are complete bullshit. They're just the team finding a way to get an extra timeout. Because you see them happen so often in like when the team is out of timeouts or has one timeout left towards the end of the game, all of a sudden, oh, there's an issue with someone's mouse. When does that happen when you're playing Valorant? It just doesn't. And I'm calling bullshit of it. I'm sick and tired of it. It, it, there's cle- there it's clearly some nonsense going on. Okay, yeah, there are a lot. Now, okay. you're not allowed to communicate during. Yes, but just for the mental reset. Even if even if they're not gaming that in any way, just if you're losing, to have the headspace to sit there and be like, okay, let me reset. Let me think about this. Let me think about what my coach said in the last time out. Let me think about our plan going in, and to be on the winning side of that and have to sit there being like, come on, let's finish that. It's a strain. Like, and it can I still be useful, I guess, especially as an IGL. Because yes, as the IGL, yes. you're the one calling strats. So if, for you to have extra time to think about how you're going to counter whatever the other team is doing um, is useful just to sit with you and your thoughts. Yeah. Because then you can talk about anything you thought about as soon as the fucking round starts. Um, yep. I don't know. I feel like... I, in general, think that people are not gaming it. There have been, there have been accusations, I feel oh, like, yeah. consistently from other teams that talk about, oh, like, they called the tech pause, they didn't really need it, like, they're using it for that. Um, and I think that it could happen, but I think, in general, it probably 
doesn't. I think that there's a couple of things. One, a LAN is a lot more complicated, or it could be. Um, that there could be separate problems with servers on LAN that uh, we don't experience being used to, like, whatever lag or whatever due to ping, right? Yeah. And also, these are competitive people. They are trying to get every fucking advantage that they can. Not necessarily in the timeout aspect of it, but in the... If my mouse feels slightly off, I'm going to fucking tech pause this. Right? If I if one key is sticky on my keyboard, tech pause. Because there's no... Like, I wish I, I could do that. No... <laughs> Obviously, but this problem. is like the professional yeah. level, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying because I've had problems with sticky keys on my keyboard recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, yeah. There's a, if there's a key that's sticky and something's happening, like you're going to be like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going to call a tech pause. That's an available thing to me. And I'm going to use that because why is there any reason for me to deal with this in game? I could just call a tech pause and have a better shot or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing. I don't disagree with that notion, Chase, except for the fact that even at the LAN events, as I understand it, professionals, the, the players are still providing their own peripherals. Like they're, they're yeah. swapping out. the. So like if you're a pro gamer, are you really going to let your keyboard get into that to a state of disrepair such that for a major tournament, all of a sudden it's going to start malfunctioning? I, no, I but shit like, happens. No. And the number of players and the number of peripherals, like, it just, there's a lot that could go wrong. So if you're just playing the numbers, like, yes, Is maybe it's though? rare that there's a, a problem yeah. with the keyboard. But if you multiply that by every map, every team, every, like, keyboard that they own... Right, it's bound to happen that somebody's keyboard fucks up during a t- tournament. Well, I mean, if you just think about us three, you know, not well, us three plus the people we play with. So a bit, a little bit, a bit, a bit of a bigger sample size than three. How many times has one of us had an issue in a match with our keyboard malfunctioning when it was like a keyboard that we got in the last like year and we didn't just spill a drink on it? I can't think of a I mean, single time. But it's not. But it's not just a keyboard. There, there's so much more. Right, and There's how often a mouse does, and a headset? Yeah. How often does a... Tony complain about uh, complain about his setup? No, because he like, bought oh, a dude, shitty laptop laggy. at like from some back alley place that no one has heard of, and that's the problem. Yay isn't doing yeah. that. But like, but nonetheless, <laughs> also like at least at LAN, like Riot techs come out and confirm what the issue is, and then work on solving that issue. Yeah, if you get caught calling a tech pause without justified cause, like, your career is probably over. I mean, that's a huge scandal. It's a big and scandal, like, even, yeah. Even the accusations that we hear from other teams, nothing has been substantiated to a point where you'd be like, oh, this is a scandal. Right? There's no help sewers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I, I genuinely think, like, yeah, your career would be effectively over i think that's a little dramatic cast because i think it's really tough to be completely caught where it's totally transparent that you were faking it because like you know if if the riot if riot comes out and says you know team x called for a tech pause because of this person's equipment however we didn't find any problem with it that doesn't 100 percent guarantee that there wasn't a problem that they just didn't catch like if, if you're claiming you know a lot of these things that people are claiming it's like oh i was having micro stutters in the game Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a decent, like, how how can the person be sure that that didn't happen, 
from the from the side of like the technical person. So I, I feel you like can't. it's gonna be difficult for anyone to be outed as they definitely lied about attack bots. I mean, unless it's consistent and there's nothing like there has that, to be a yes. pattern of if it happens here. a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like recently, like we were just watching, I believe it was the C9 EG game. Um, when there were multiple tech pauses because of lag that players were experiencing. And there were techs out on stage fixing that. But, like, they could have found nothing. We don't know. We don't have the information. But, like, a player player claims that yeah. they experienced lag on LAN, which shouldn't happen. So then they have to go investigate that. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that actually happened is really hard to prove. So I understand that, like, yes, you could be gamed slightly here. But I think that, in general, it's not being gamed. Yeah, and and that in that particular case, I would totally agree that it seems not gamed because the first one happened literally round two, I believe, or round three. Like, for to have it happened that early, it really seems like, you know, they're not going for anything fancy. They're just, you know, they they legitimately had an issue, and then that's one of the cases as well. You know, riots, riots management of the stage and the uh technical production of their land events has been a bit shoddy at times so that one i'm not that suspicious about yeah i mean i think that maybe the issue here is like yes there are a lot of tech pauses how do we get rid of some of those are there some that are very common that we can try to you know make shorter or make like if somebody's keyboard breaks do we require every player to have a backup keyboard immediately so it's like oh if there if you have some problem with your keyboard it's immediately swapped out and we're back playing in like a minute yeah, I mean, that could be good. Something like that could be really good. Right, because, like, maybe there are policies here that can affect that. Because there are a lot of tech pauses, and it's really fucking annoying when you're watching a game, and all of a sudden there's a tech pause for 15 minutes, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? And why mm-hmm. are there three of them during this half? It's very bad for yeah. the viewing experience, for sure, yeah. That, that's also got to suck even more if you're there in person. True. Oh, definitely. Um, but, like, but also, like, I would be very surprised... These professional players do not have a backup of every piece of equipment they bring onto stage with them. Yeah, but does it need to be required and it doesn't need to be a policy that it is accessible and ready to be exchanged immediately? Because if they if they think, like, what are they doing that takes 15 minutes if there's something that is wrong with their mouse? Why well, are they I, not just saying, oh, you say there's something wrong with your mouse? We'll swap the mouse. I, I know there are a bunch of rules about you not being able to swap your mouse. Uh, like, I, I think Tens was complaining about that at one point in, like, one of their series, like, he just, like, and Tens is notorious for constantly changing up his his settings and his his mice and all his shit. Um, but, like, he was kind of complaining at one point, and I think this was during the tournament that they won in Reykjavik, that he was like, oh, like, I can't just, he's like, yeah, if I'm feeling unhappy with a given mouse, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not allowed to, like, swap it out. Like, a riot tech has to come out and confirm that my mouse is not functioning as intended for me to be allowed to even use a different mouse. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I, I know there are a bunch of rules. And then also with like uh, a bunch of mice have the ability to store on board memory um, yeah, and stuff like, like that, same with keyboards. Yeah. Um, and so like, I know there is a huge CS scandal with like people having like cheats built into their mouse on that. Um, like, I mean, I, yeah, I, that I has to be externally yeah, regulated, yeah. but I feel like there's something that they could do here to, like, you know, make things a little bit faster or, you know, it's not good some the of moment. these long, yeah. long tech pauses. Mm-hmm. If it's server related, then it's server related. And that's like, 
that is what it is, or at least like Riot could, has to figure that out themselves with how they're setting up their events. Um, but if it's gear related, I think there are there's got to be an easier way or a faster way to deal with these gear problems. Yeah, I'm with you, hundred percent. Yeah. Do we want to go ahead and wrap up the podcast by reviewing the polls, which I've said that we've overdue for for a while? <laughs> Sounds yeah, let's good. Do let's do a <laughs> quick good. poll review. Yeah, oh, all right. So this goes all the way back to the beginning of February. Does Pineapple actually belong on pizza? Submitted by Arctic, asking the real questions. Thank you, Arctic. Um, eight for yes, four for no. Cheese and gas, any opinions? I mean, I think I voted for yes on there. because I, 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 I don't for yes think I voted, well. but like, absolutely <clears throat> pineapple fine on pizza. Yeah. I don't, I don't have like any... pineapple normally. What'd you say about pineapple gas? Uh, I'm not a big pineapple guy in general. It's still great on pizza. I take pineapple. Okay, that's my a weird. Pizza, take... I take pineapple <laughs> and my pina coladas. I really like like fresh pineapple, oh, frozen pineapple that, no. too. Actually, dude. Either way, I could I could tear into some fresh or frozen pineapple, and I think it's all right on pizza, which is why I said yes. I, I think people overreact and say it's go- it's god awful. But I'm very basic when it comes to pizza. I, I don't like too wacky stuff. So I think it belongs on pizza. It's just not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this is a ridiculous topic to be talking about. But um, <laughs> I, I love pineapple in all all realms. But specifically on pizza, like my go-to pizza is pineapple and black olive. Mm, can't go um, wrong with Which that. is a really hot take for a lot of people. Um, but if you know, you know. Yeah, and I, also, it's because I'm vegetarian that, like, Hawaiian is not an option for me. Yeah, and the olive black olive gives you that salty. Yeah, it, give, it gives you that same flavor as the, uh, yeah. the Canadian bacon or whatever. I, I could probably do that. I hate green olives with a passion, but black olives I think I could do. Yeah, black olive and pineapple fucking go-to. If you like pineapple on pizza, gotta give it a shot. Good to know. Next one. Do, what do you guys think of the new, at the time, VCT lock-in? Miza, miseria, miseria cordia pack. Misery, misericordia the, pack. This is yeah. the knife pack. The this knife. is the knife pack, yes. Um, and we had four people who said, sick knife. Maybe I'll get it. Slash, I got it, but the price is pretty high. We had four people who said, um, I think it's all right. Not really worth the price. These are not in order. <laughs> We had seven people who said, I like it, but it's too expensive for me. And then we had six people who said, I dislike his design, slash, I like Xenohunter better, slash, price is way too high. And I got some of those okay. backwards. I'm just going to say, read it yourself. But there were mixed opinions about the knife pack. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's very mixed opinions. Yes, yes. Um, as a bit of an extension, which of the two main VCT bundles do you like best? VCT... Uh, lock-in isn't VCT 2023, which happened much later, and we'll probably have another new knife and new gun skin plus theme song, I presume. He's referring to champions rather than VCT. But anyway, um, so, did people like the Vandal and Karambit from 2021 or the Phantom and Butterfly Knife from 2022? And this one was nine in favor of the OG Vandal from 2021 to six in favor of my very own Butterfly Knife uh, Phantom combination. Uh, also worth noting, you know, 2021 has the has die for you, whereas 2022 has fire again as the song. So. Yeah, I think Which, 2021 mm-hmm. wins that outright. Oh yeah, yeah. The like, if I owned either either of those two skins, 
Like they would at, at minimum be put into my rotation. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if I own that phantom skin and or that phantom butterfly knife, they would most likely not be in my favorites rotation. Okay, you and me have just so different opinions on phantoms that I'm that's a lost cause at this point, Cass, but I'm shocked mm-hmm. you don't like the butterfly knife more. I think the butterfly knife is sick. I think the karambit is dope, but also the song just makes it. The song itself is just so much better for 2021 that, like, you know, that that's what I care about. Well, I think I might have said and, this and on a podcast before. Sorry, what did you say? Oh, I said being a vandal in the first pack is yeah, yeah. sick. I think that Die For You is a vastly better song. I think the wordless little snippet that they play in the game between Fire Again and Die For You, I think it's much closer. I think the Fire Again snippet looks and sounds pretty cool. Yes, but it alludes to the entire song. Yes, which, which is much worse than Die <laughs> Which for is you. much that worse, is yes. Um, yeah, lastly, which of the knives do you like best uh, of the three lock-in 2021 Karambit and 2022 Butterfly? So we have, once again, not in order. We'll go from the bottom. So four people voted for the... <laughs> someone just voted right now. <laughs> we have four people who voted for the uh, lock-in knife. We have six people who voted for the butterfly and eight who voted for the karambit. People are sleeping on the butterfly, dude. I tell you what. I, I There's a guy... Man, what is his name? There's a guy on YouTube who does like realistic swordsman content where he talks about like how actual swords were used in medieval times and could be used in combat today. And it's not just swords, but like other like sharp, you know, handheld weapons. And he makes a big point of calling out weapons that have an outsized importance. Well, not importance, but outsized prominence just because they look cool despite not actually being good weapons. And one of those is nunchucks. Uh, Very impractical as an actual martial arts weapon. And I believe karambits are right up there as well. Just straight up worse than a fixed blade knife in terms of actually, you know, being effective. You can't in a tell me there's scenario. any difference with a balisong. Well, okay, well, so a balisong, you don't get any benefit from it being yeah. being able to flip it around. But when you hold it, you know, just like a normal knife, it is vastly more effective than this stupid little curved thingy of a karambit, a letter opener that someone decided to try to use as a weapon. That's okay. That's a very hot take. I know, but that's that is my okay. hot take. There, 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 there are a couple things here. First of yeah. all, I don't know. I don't know too much about like actual combat related fighting, mm-hmm. but like, I, I, I know there are a bunch of people that work in warehouses that swear by karambits, um, for opening boxes and various other things. Yeah, sure, um, literally you the letter of box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally the letter yeah. opener aspect yeah. of it. But um, yeah. a, a a strong solid point for a bow song is when you're holding onto that handle, that blade is not. Short of that blade snapping, there is no way that that blade is going anywhere. And the locking mechanism on other folding knives can break or malfunction. Oh, for a butterfly knife, you're saying? Yeah. So you're saying if the butterfly knife breaks, then it's inferior to a karambit. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> no, no, he was just like, saying that it, that there's a usefulness to the balisong there. Yeah. Is that, it, that it doesn't it is, break. Yeah. It is a full, no, it is a folding knife. Oh, oh, oh. Right? Oh. It is a folding knife style, but it is stronger in its uh, out position than other folding knife styles. I'll be honest. I didn't realize it was a folding knife style because the in-game balisongs don't fold. So 
That I'm learning something today. Well, no, not like fold, but like the blade no, but is like covered within the handle when it is not in use. Whereas like a fixed blade, the blade would have to be stored within a sheet. Yeah, I, I thought ballast songs were fixed blade because the blade doesn't retract or anything in the animations of the Valorant skins. Well, of course it does it, because you flip, you flip, it, flip it, around. it around and it closes. Are we talking no, no, about no, Karambits here? No, no we're, we're talking, talking about ballast songs. Ballast songs, which is butterfly knife. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah yeah no when I, I said I was talking about Karambits when I said they were impractical, right? You know that, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, I was just raising a yes. separate point. Yeah, he was oh, you're raising a separate, a separate point. point. Okay, yeah. I got very confused there. Yeah, that's that's also, fair. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Technically, yeah. <laughs> there's a... I don't know. It's like CRKT. I don't know yeah. if it's Cricket or Kirkt or whatever the fuck how you spell that knife company. But they do make a folding karambit. It looks oh, yeah, very much that. like the Prime 2.0 karambit. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Well, there you have cool. it. Um, anyway, next fucking poll. Yeah. Is there another poll? Yes, yeah. yes. Is Ray's lame in reference to episode 64? I believe this is the one where Chase was not there. Uh, in favor of yeah, in favor of yes, four. In favor of no, 17. One of our most thorough uh, the audience has spoken moments. Uh, so hopefully Cass can finally put this to rest after the results of that uh, poll. But no, now, oh, oh hold on, be lame. But hold like, up. I think it's nice to hear a bunch. I, I posted that pool. Speaking the truth, <laughs> I posted that pool. Pull, however, Ben the Thief came through afterwards, saying, "Correction, who is cooler, Razor Jet?" To which point, um, there is six people who voted Raze and seventeen who voted Jet. So they vote. People think Jet is cooler, but they think Raze is not lame. So there you have it. Okay. All right, uh, Arc Deck. Which of the initiators would be better suited with Phoenix, Fade, Sova, Sky, KO, Breach? I'll be honest. I'm not entirely sure what he means here. I guess he just means which would you like in a team comp in general, stacking with a Phoenix? One vote for Fade, 11 for Sova, three for Sky, one for KO, four for Breach. So people think that Sova, Sova. Phoenix is a really good combo. Chase, well, you already have flashes. I mean, yeah. I think I think the the only thing you can really think about here is like, okay, we're we're gonna make a team comp like, and Phoenix is the given, who has like good flashes, and entry potential. So you might as well go for the recon initiators. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's I think that's right because you know Sova is the best pure info initiator in the game, and you know that's true. So yeah, I, I think that's probably where Arctic was going. Um, I don't know, but like I, I mean, I I voted for Fade on this. You were the I one vote Fade, for Fade. No, we we no, had seven votes. Seven for Fade. votes for Fade. Oh okay. Um, it was one vote for Ko. Oh okay. I I think, I like I I think Fade's the better pairing for Phoenix. Because you can dog ahead of the Phoenix and help them. Yeah, take number the space. one, you can dog ahead of the Phoenix. The Phoenix can go in if uh if people are trying to run from like the Phoenix alt, for example. Right, like you can drop your your C's to like lock people back sight as the Phoenix Ooh, alt able to swing them. Um, the the eye is fairly similar enough to the to the the Sova dart in terms of allowing your Phoenix to know where people are as they're pushing onto site. And I feel like her her dogs are more in your face, and you have to deal with these. 
while there's also a phoenix trying to run you down compared to some shock darts coming your way. I think think the I think think the aggression that Fade provides suits Phoenix better than the raw info that that Sova can provide. That being said, Sova's drone is really fucking good for Phoenix entry off of. Also, uh, Fade ult deafening everyone can be pretty huge for Phoenix aggressively pushing in after that, following the trails Mm -hmm. and capitalizing on the deafened enemies. Um, Next one. This was a very hot topic. Buff Yoru TP, a.k.a. Gate Crash, by making the orbs never expire from, from episode 65. Yes, that buff would not be too strong. Or no, that would be OP. I, I had a uh, debate with Blade 45 he actually came into chat with me, and we hashed this out for like an hour about this, of him saying it would be too OP and me saying it wouldn't, after we'd had this debate on the podcast already. It, but it ended up being a dead heat in the Discord, with 11 people saying... Yes, that would be an appropriate buff, and fourteen saying no, that would be too OP. So a lot of people I don't care know if about that's this a one. Dead heat, there, chief. Well, it's I mean, it, okay. It would be a dead heat. I can remove my vote from the fourteen because I voted for both to set the things up initially. Now it's eleven to thirteen. So well, there could you, you go. did you remove your vote from the from you, the eleven? You dumbass! I I want to vote for the eleven. <laughs> I believe it would be an appropriate buff. Why would I remove my vote from that? <laughs> No, I'm removing my vote from the one that I don't care. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's controversial. Dead Heat is probably a little too strongly worded. You're, you're correct on that. I mean, I think that's basically even. Yeah. yeah. Given low numbers. Yes. <laughs> given sample size. And yeah. then finally, this one was posted uh, just yesterday, so it doesn't have a ton of responses yet. So feel free to weigh in on this one. Maybe we'll check in on it again. Which map should be rotated out of the game? Choose two. And we have one for Haven, one for Fracture, four for Icebox, two for Ascent, one for the Range, and one for Lotus. So those are the. Those I mean, are the, the, the so ones far. are just the setup <laughs> votes. No, no, they're no. Not. Ben did, this oh, this person not? who posted the poll did not actually put any setup votes for. All, so all of oh, these okay. are actual votes. Yes, I, I was the one for the Range because I thought it was hilarious that that was given as an option. So, yeah. The range is the worst map, easily. I voted for Lotus. <laughs> That's stupid. I voted for Icebox. I, I voted for Ascent and the range. Those are my two that should be rotated out of the game. Seriously, though, they, they need to give the range some love. It's it's a little uh, lacking. I um, mean, weigh in, and then when they actually like reveal which map will be rotated out next, we can discuss public opinion versus what actually happened. Yes, yes. So please go ahead and keep throwing your votes in there because we will definitely remember to go back to this. We certainly don't forget to check the polls for a while. I, I will say, though, I love the polls channel is one of my favorite things about the Discord, and I'm constantly staying up to date on it, like, when they're happening. It's just that when it comes to the podcast, we often run out of time to discuss them. So I, yeah, it's please more keep of a putting Discord in more thing polls. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all that I got. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that concludes Alrighty. Hunter's Corner, I guess. Well, Chase, unless you got any closing remarks. I mean, my vote is that I drink with you later. <laughs>